Welcome to City Life Church Podcast. Our desire is that all may come to know Christ and fulfill their purpose in life. We welcome you to head over to our website for more information. God bless you and enjoy the message. Well, I'm excited about this morning, everything that's happened, and I believe that God's given me a word for today. Maybe one person, maybe two, maybe ten. I don't know, but I just feel like this is something that God's stirred in my heart to share this morning and given me a few scriptures to go along with it. That's always good to have the Bible. And we have our Bibles today in one fashion, form, or another. Technology has allowed for us to have many choices for the Word. The Word is good. Amen. I love the Word of God. Today I want to share with you, basically it was hard for me to come up with a title, but I simplified it just basically from a mess to a masterpiece. From a mess to a masterpiece. And this is where it all started. How many know what this is? It's dirt. It's dirt. And actually, if the moisture was sucked out of it, it would be dust. But I didn't want to bring dust today because it's messy, a little more messy. So this is dirt. And if this or any portion of this was on your floor at home, you would get your broom out, you'd sweep it up, and you'd throw it out, right? Well, this is, believe it or not, this is where we all started, right here. And God saw fit to not sweep this up and throw it out, but he saw fit to pick it up and breathe life into it. Can you imagine that? I can't imagine. Obviously, it didn't work for me just now, and that's why he's God and I'm not. But you think of this as a mess. It is. It's messy. And now my... (laughs) No, I'm not allowed to wipe it on my pants. I've been told that before. (laughs) But I have... On the carpet? (laughs) It'll wash out. (laughs) It's okay. Anyway, so this is where we all started. Right here. We are all on the same playing field, level. We're dirt. We're dust. But God saw the dust and he said, hmm, I like this. I can work with this. And he breathed life into it. And it became flesh. Amazing to think about that. Genesis 3.19 talks about from dust we were created and to dust we will return, our, our flesh. Knowing that though, We have eternal life as believers, which is exciting. But let me make this statement that we perceive our value based upon our environment and our circumstances and other things too, but we perceive our value, the environment you grew up in, the circumstances that have happened to you in life. You created some sort of value that you've placed on your life. It may be that you're valuing yourself as dirt, Not as God saw the dirt, but you just think, I'm not worth anything based on those things. So my question is, who determines your value? Do you determine your value? Does your family, do your friends, do your coworkers, who determines your value? I think the last time I looked, God is the one that determines our value. And when he breathed on that and created life, he said, it is very good. Everything else he created was good, but when he created you and I, he said, this is very good. He's placed a high value on our life, very high value. 
So then where do we get our qualifications from? Because we don't feel like we're qualified to do anything, right? I mean, we can say those things. Well, I'm not really qualified. Or no, I can't do that. Or no, these are my limitations. Where do we get our qualifications from? There's a verse in the Bible in 2 Corinthians 3, 5 that says that our qualifications come from God. They don't come from us. They come from God. Okay, so we start setting the table for who we are and the value that God's placed on us, which is very high, but we all came from a mess. What would be determined a mess that we would sweep up and throw out? But God said, no, I can work with that. I can create something really, really good. And we're here today, and we are really, really good. He created us in his image. Hebrews 5, chapter, chapter 5, starting in verse 7, says this, While Jesus was here on earth, he offered prayers and pleadings with a loud cry and tears to the one who could rescue him from death. He's saying, God, help me. And God heard his prayers because of his deep reverence for God. Even though Jesus was God's son, he learned obedience from the things he suffered. In this way, God qualified him as a perfect high priest, and he became the source of eternal salvation for all those who obey him. He was qualified because of his sufferings. How many of you have been through some sufferings? You're qualified. He qualifies you as their inheritance. He qualifies you as his kids, as those who are completing the work he's called each of us to. The things that you go through in life qualify you to become a masterpiece. Beverly, stand up for a second. Can you stand up here? I want to show everybody. See that over there, that dirt? Look what, this is what I refer to as a masterpiece. This is a beautiful woman created as a masterpiece for the kingdom of God. You are a masterpiece. Do you know that, Beverly? Yes, you absolutely are. You are one of my most favorite people ever because you know what? Every time you're here, I get a hug from you and that you care about me and you encourage me. Thank you for that. I would shake your hand, but it's dirty. Bless you. You are a masterpiece. And we all are, by the way. We all are. But we can take some lessons here from this. Because of experience, environment, circumstances, all these things, we place value on ourselves based on all of that. I'm a failure. I'm a mistake. It's easy to come up with those based, if you look at back at certain things, you could say, hmm, for some reason, God didn't quite get it right with me. I'm, I'm, this, I'm a mistake. We're conditioned so much to respond to something a certain way based upon what we would normally attached to an action or a tone of voice. Let me give you an example. There was a chemistry teacher who began to walk into his class, and it was, the students were all being noisy. He walked into this class, and he slammed his hand down on his desk with authority. Boom! And he said, I demand Pandemonium! And everybody stopped, and they were dead silent and quiet. They responded to the tone of his voice and his actions, but not to the words he was speaking. It's interesting how we do those things, and we respond to the things that around us, the circumstances, the noise, the, the, the tone of voice from people, these things. Instead of 
through that what is being said. And it's interesting because he said, after that, he said, it's not what you ask for, it's how you ask. Very interesting. They didn't do what the teacher demanded. They did what they thought was what he was demanding. He thought he was demanding to be quiet based on his actions, tone of voice, and everything. We respond in a negative way so much to tone because we take our cues from tone and body language instead of from words. And there's been studies that have done that 90% of all friction in our daily life comes from tone of voice rather than what a man speaks. The words convey something, but the tone of voice or the demeanor, all those things trump everything, everything else. The things that are negative in our life come when they come from others or surrounding comes from that tone. It's interesting because I was thinking about that and how we know how social media is and how it works and even texting, whatever it is. And there's always that little bit of angst. I'm not sure what, how they meant that. We read a text to our spouse or to somebody around us and go, I just got this text. And then we read it out loud and we add tone to it. And that's not even what the tone, what they were meaning. We take and we put impressions or we put our interpretation to it. So God took a mess and made it a masterpiece. We just look at our life as a mess. We forget the process and the action that he's taken. Read a scripture in a few moments about that. I was thinking about my wife a little bit about her background, and I've told different parts of it over the years. And a couple years ago, she met her birth mom for the very first time, two years ago this month. And it was interesting to listen to her mom talk about the kind of the history of what had happened and why she had given her up for adoption and so forth. And there's this part of feeling like a mistake had happened. Well, there, her mom, he said, yeah, I made a mistake. I'm sorry I can't tell you who your father is because it was a one-time thing. I have no idea. There's this mistake. So it would be easy for my wife to just sort of take this and say, you know what, I'm a mistake. But the reality is God takes something that maybe man makes a mistake, but he can take that and turn it into a masterpiece. Because the moment life is conceived that God already has a plan, before even the beginning of the time of that, he has a plan. And so we somehow in our thought process, we come in and we really try to hammer that thing and break that thing so that it doesn't come to pass to become a masterpiece because in our own thought process, we just don't see the value in that supposed mess that God's saying, whoa, whoa, get your hands off. You know, he looks at that and goes, I'm going to make something really good of this. But we look at it and go, let's Let's get rid of that. There's not value there. there. There's not a masterpiece there. I believe God is saying something to us. And even recently, my wife and I were having conversations a few months ago, and she said, you know what? I've just realized in my life I've been dealing with something that I didn't recognize until now, and it took many years for her to recognize, say, you know what? I, I, I've been dealing with this abandonment thing 
fear of abandonment, this abandonment that I felt like I was abandoned as a child. And I'm like, wow, you're just now kind of feeling that? Because she's been through a lot of process of other things over the years, but now there's this kind of this new thing. We were able to pray through and she's able to get victory in that and say, God, you, I am a masterpiece. I, I wasn't, it wasn't created to be discarded. I wasn't a mistake. See, so we have these thoughts and per perceptions of who we think we are. I mean, God said, no, that's not who you are. That's not what I've created you to be. The enemy lies to us all the time. Oh, somebody made a mistake. That makes me less valuable. And that's what we say. I guess I don't have the value that so-and-so does because whatever reason. The Bible says that when we are reconciled with Christ, we become holy and blameless, and we stand before him without a single fault. The Bible says that in Colossians. I want to read this portion of Scripture here. Colossians chapter 1, starting in verse 19. For God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ. And through him, God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. This includes you who were once far away from God. You were his enemies, separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. Yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. As a result, he has brought you into his own presence and you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. But you must continue to believe this truth and stand firmly in it. Because so many times we wander back into that place, don't we? We wander back into that place of, I'm just not this, I'm not that, I don't measure up, I, my life doesn't count, I can't. And God says, wait a minute, stop. You need to walk in what I've spoken just a few words before. Come on now, you're guiltless, you're, you're, you're holy, you're without fault. I've brought you into my kingdom. I gave my life, I kicked the walls down for you. I gave up everything for you. Do you think I place a value on your life? Of course, of course, great value. You must continue to believe this truth and stand firmly in it. Come on, we got to stand firm. And if you see your brother and sister that are kind of getting back in, come on, just come alongside. Come on, I'm standing with you. We're standing firm. Come on, you're a beautiful creation. You're a masterpiece created in Christ Jesus for good works, to do the good things that God's designed you to do. Don't drift away from the assurance you received when you heard the good news. The good news has been preached all over the world, and I, Paul, have been appointed as God's servant to proclaim it. Proclaim it. He's proclaiming it today to us. Here's the value right here. 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19. The value that God places on you and me. For you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. And it was not paid with mere gold or silver, which lose their value. It was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. That's a good scripture. That's a good verse right there. Sinless, spotless Lamb of God who, who, who shed his blood. The value does not ever diminish. Your value never diminishes. It doesn't matter what you do, your faults, your failures, your value is what he created it to be from the beginning. Silver and gold, it, it drops off, comes and goes, and you know you can lose that stuff and the value changes. But 
God's value on your life never changes. We're the ones that hijack that thing. It's us. It's not him. Remember who's the one that said, I forgive your sin when you ask forgiveness and I forgive them and they're as far as the east is from the west. I never remember them no more. Who's the one that said that? God. Why is it that we're the ones that always keep bringing it up? We're the ones that remember or, or somebody, has to, somebody comes and tells you, well, don't you remember two years ago you did this? They're like, wait a minute. God's forgiven me. In fact, he's forgotten it. Thanks for trying to bring it up. Yeah. Go back where you belong. <laughs> back at the foot of the cross. Yeah, come on now. We have to be encouraging each other, not tearing each other down. And don't be throwing things in people's faces. Come on, it doesn't feel good. Let's, we got to love each other. We got to love each other like God loved us and he saw the potential in us when he's, he's staring at the dust. He's like, I, I see some good stuff here. We don't see good stuff in it. But he saw good stuff and he breathed on it. And guess what? That's why you and I are all here. We're all here today because... He breathed life into us. We are a masterpiece. Genesis 9, 6 said, said that God has made humans, mankind. He made all of us in his image. I think that's pretty good. Have you ever looked at the image of God? <laughs> I think it's pretty good. And Satan is trying his best to devalue human life. I'm not going to go through all the theology of all this stuff, but in the Old Testament, back Mount Sinai, when God had given Moses some commands and different things. And one of the th things that was going on back in the old covenant days was there was actual value placed on people's lives based on what they could do and perform. Like if, if they made a vow and they decided because they're in, the, in this emergency thing and feeling like, well, I better make this vow to God. How many ever made a, made a vow to God and then you kind of didn't keep it because you were in the middle of a mess? God, if you can get me out of this, I will do this. And we don't do that. Well, in the Old Testament... If you made that vow and you didn't keep up with that, then you had to go work at the temple or you had to put your time in or you could, there was a value placed on, a, let's say, a man who was between 20 and 60, you, 50 shekels. That was a value. Unfortunately, a woman wasn't worth that is what back then. But I'm saying there's a new covenant coming, okay? So there was different value placed on, depending on your age, your sex, all of those things. And that, that was the value placed on you. If you were able to buy out that, you could pay four years wages or whatever to get out of that or work in the temple, what are those things? But there was this system of value that was placed on lives. And that wasn't God's intention, certainly, for us. You know, there was some things in place for a while, but then he knew he sent in his son. It was going to change everything. The value that God intended for us was coming. It was coming with the new covenant that was coming. And so when Jesus gave his life for us, the reset button was hit. It was hit because he became the new covenant under which we as believers are all included. It was nice that when he came and died on the cross, that boom, he hit the, he hit the reset button. I wouldn't call it the easy button because it wasn't easy. But he did hit the reset button. So you know what? Now we're under a new covenant. We're under this new covenant where we're all equal in Christ. We're all the same value. We all we all got what we didn't deserve, which we, got, we deserved death, but we got life. You know, there's grace, there's mercy, all these things that came because of Jesus. Second Corinthians chapter 3, starting in verse 5. It is not that we think we are qualified to do anything on our own. Our qualification comes from God, and I mentioned that earlier. He has established us to be ministers of his new covenant. This is the covenant not of written laws, but of the Spirit. The old written covenant ends in death. 
But under the new covenant, the Spirit gives life. The old way, the laws etched in stone, led to death, though it began with such glory that the people of Israel could not bear to look at Moses' face. For his face shone with the glory of God, even though the brightness was already fading away. Shouldn't we expect far greater glory under the new way now that the Holy Spirit is giving life? If the old way, which brings condemnation, was glorious, how much more glorious is the new way, which makes us right with God? In fact, the first glory was not glorious at all compared to the overwhelming glory of the new way. So if the old way, which has been replaced, was glorious, how much more glorious is the new, which remains forever? Since this new way gives us such confidence, we can be very bold. We are not like Moses, who put the veil over his face so the people of Israel would not see the glory, even though it was destined to fade away. But the people's minds were hardened, and to this day, whenever the Old Covenant is being read, the same veil covers their minds so they cannot understand the truth. And this veil can be removed only by believing in Christ. Yes, even today, when they read Moses' writing, their hearts are covered with that veil, and they do not understand. But whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. For the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Amen. It's freedom here today. The Spirit of the Lord is here. There is freedom. So all of us who have had their veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. Amen. I love reading the Bible because I get encouraged about that, especially Living under the new covenant, what is, is it, it's amazing in the life that it brings to us and the freedom that it brings to us, that we shouldn't ever doubt his ability to create a masterpiece out of our life. I mean, he did it just in a, in a breath. The last scripture I want to read here before I make a couple comments and then we're going to actually listen to a song called Masterpiece. Some of you probably have heard it. Great song, but be able to, to see the words and to, to, to really reflect on this. But Ephesians chapter 2, starting in verse 8, said, God saved you by his grace when you believed. How many of you here believe? You believe. Amen. Some of you do. And he saved you by his grace. His grace. And guess what? You can't take credit for it. That's the cool thing. It's a gift from God. It's a gift. You've been given a gift. Nobody can take credit for that. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. You cannot earn it. You know, so many times I talk to people and they say, you know what? Once I get my life straightened out, I'll I'll think about coming to Christ or I'll think about going to church. It's it's not how it works. He said, come broken. Come broken, messed up. Because Hebrews 4.16 says that's when it works the best is when we're the most messed up. He says, I love it when people are messed up because that's when my grace, my mercy, my abundant miracles can be at work. And he can demonstrate that to us. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. Can you say this? Say, I am God's masterpiece. Say it. 
I am God's masterpiece. Say it again. I am God's masterpiece. Do you believe it? One more time. I am God's masterpiece. Come on now. You got to leave here today remembering that. He has created us anew in Christ so we can do all the good things he planned for us long ago. Do you know he has a plan for your life? I think it's time to get busy along partnering with him to see it fulfilled. Because that's what he's waiting. He said, hey, I've created this. You may have thought you were a mess. You may have thought you were a mistake. You may have thought you didn't have value. But God already said. He's already made it very clear. So we can't continue to go back there. We've got to move forward. We have to move forward. If you remember anything, remember he breathed life into the mess. Your mess is not a mess to him. It's a mess to you. You know, you're going to, you would throw out somebody's mess. And he goes, no, give me that. Come on now. Masterpiece. He loves it. He loves it. Let's listen to this and, and read the words along with.
Yeah, that's the question. Will you let him make you into a masterpiece? Yeah. Lord, I thank you right now for your word today to us, for your holy word. God, I know that you're touching our lives and you're reminding us of your power, your glory, your grace, your mercy, your love, that you were the one that could see in the dirt, in the dust. See, I can make something very good out of that. And here we are today, serving the incredible God and saying yes to the incredible God that created us. While we're in this atmosphere, I just if, I want to ask if there's anybody today and you're here, you haven't allowed him to make a masterpiece out of your life. And you say, you know what? I, I want that. I want that for my life. I want to pray for you today. If you're here, just slip up your hand wherever you're at. If you're here and you say, you know what? I just don't see myself that way. I don't see myself, my life that way. Thank you for raising your hand. Lord, I pray for those that raise their hand this morning. Lord, you speaking today specifically to them. That you are coming again with the fresh word of your spirit today. To remind them of their place in you. You've placed them at the highest level, the highest value. Lord, I thank you so much that you speak to each one of us individually as we leave this place today that we would be reminded of who we are in Christ and that we are not returning back to those ways of the enemy trying to devalue us and trying to pull us back but we're moving forward we're going forward in confidence and faith understanding that though we make mistakes it does not change the value on our life that you've placed. It does not change the call on our life. Thank you, Lord. I pray that you would go with us as we go from this place, as we encourage each other, as we demonstrate the very love you demonstrate to us, to others around us, God. That we wouldn't be quick to show somebody their fault or call them out on something, but we would be quick to say, wow, what a masterpiece. God did good with you. He's doing a work. He's in the process. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you for being here today. Thank you for receiving whatever it is that God had for you today. And he's a good God. Amen. Awesome. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for listening to City Life Church Podcast. 